of independent thought my name is desmond price no matter where you are in the world i want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts as always we have a great show for you today now here are our topics welcome back from the break everyone thank you for tuning in to another episode of independent thought my name is desmond price for today's episode i am joined by a special guest Now, normally when you tune into Independent Thought, we are covering mostly the national politics. But today, you know, as a resident of Missoula, Montana, I felt it was necessary to do some local politics. And I have a local political candidate coming on the show today, Mr. Jacob Elder. Thank you for coming on Independent Thought. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, uh, Desmond. I I, want to thank you for allowing me to come on your show and and for me to share my, my thoughts and and my campaign platform with uh, our community. So uh, thank you very much, Desmond. Yeah, thank you. Jacob is running to be the mayor of Missoula. And, you know, obviously I have a lot of questions here for you. And, you know, I reached out to the community as well and asked them for some questions. But, you know, before we get into all the questions about, you know, why you're running and some of your stances on the issues here in Missoula, I thought it was important to ask some more personal questions so that people can get to know you a little bit. So could you just tell us a little bit, I was reading some of your bio you know, in, on your Instagram page and I read that you actually aren't originally from America. Could you tell me a little bit about where you grew up at originally? Right, thanks. Uh, so I, I was born in, in a small African country on the west coast of Africa called uh, Liberia. I was born in the capital. The capital is called Monrovia, named after James Monroe. Uh, and the way Liberia was founded, so Liberia, uh, before Liberia became, uh, came to be known as a, a nation, Liberia was this small parcel uh, of land on, on the west coast of Africa, inhabited by uh, uh, locals, uh, the uh, the indigenous people. Uh, and so then after slavery was abolished, there was a group of Americans, uh, free slaves, that were sort of uh, lingering around in, uh, in America and, and not being able to find work or what have you. And, and so uh, James Monroe and, and others created an organization called the American Colonization Society. And that society uh, uh, was, uh, uh, designated to, to send uh, some of the free slaves back to Africa, free slaves that were willing to travel back to Africa. So a group of the free slaves got on a ship and, and went back to Africa. And one of the first places they landed was on this parcel of land, uh, now known as Liberia. The, the free slaves got in with the natives and, and within uh, a short period, the free slaves took over the country. Uh, and so the first 13 presidents of Liberia were all born in America. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, and so a lot of uh, the uh, Liberian uh, traditions are, are sort of tailored after our, uh, the American, uh, America's traditions. Uh, the government, uh, same sort of uh, setup. Uh, our the Liberian flag, it's the same as the American flag, except it has one star. Um, the capital, again, uh, Monrovia, is named after James Monroe. Uh, some of the, the counties are named after states in America. So you have Maryland County. Uh, you have a place in Liberia called Miami. And, and so there's a lot of rich history there. Uh, so often Liberia is, uh, is referred to as the stepchild of America. So I was born in Liberia. Uh, so again, the, the history of Liberia up until 1989, the 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 uh, 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 descendants of the free slaves uh, uh, ran the country all the way up until 1989. The natives got sick and tired of the descendants of the free slaves running the country uh, because again there was a inequality inequality in wealth and, and what have you. So the natives rebelled, 
and a civil war broke out in 1989. And, and so I was born in the, mid, in the heat of the war. My biological father uh, took off and left my mother with uh, a bunch of young kids, my twin brother and I, and, and, and six other siblings. And that's where my life st uh, started. So we, my mom, being a single mother, we navigated the war, uh, moving from refugee camp to refugee camp just to get away from the war. Uh, so we finally uh, homesteaded in this rundown soccer stadium. Uh, we homesteaded on the stairwell. Uh, my mom had a little tarp that she put around uh, where we stayed and, and to sort of create some privacy. And so that's where I spent uh, a good portion of the first part of my life in Liberia. Wow, I just... Ah, I did not know the details about your story there. That's um, that is, that is a story uh, to say the very least. I'm sure that that you know definitely has shaped a lot of your, you know, um, decision making. You know, as you kind of like transition here to being a political candidate now, you know, when you eventually left Liberia and moved to Montana, uh, what kind of like transition was like, uh, was like that for you? I mean, was that um, how did that shape you as a person moving to Montana? Oh man, so sometimes it's hard to put our finger on it, uh, but part of us knows that uh, where we live, the places in which we, we spend our time, uh, play uh, a part in shaping who we are. Uh, so my experience living in Helena was no different. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I'm the man I am today because of the wonderful people I encountered uh, growing up in Helena. I remember when we first got to uh, Montana, we flew into Billings, Montana uh, uh, during the winter. Uh, not imagine strip from Africa where uh, temperatures are extremely high uh, and it's humid. Uh, it's a tropical uh, uh, area. Uh, and then yeah. showed up in, in, in Billings, Montana in November and, and looking outside and seeing, and by the way, Liberia is also very flat in, flat in a lot of places. But seeing the mountains, the snow-capped mountains, and 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 and, and then obviously the 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 cold, uh, that was <laughs> I was scared as a child. I was scared. <laughs> I did not know what was going on. Uh, yeah. I, at some point, I thought I was even on a foreign planet. Uh, and uh, but you know, when we got to Helena, uh, the people in our community took us in and treated us as just another one one of the community members. Uh, uh, people were very generous to us. Uh, we got, I, I, I'm, I'm who I am today because of all the people that came together to help me and my twain uh, have the best experience growing up. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine that. I also moved here from a, from a different place. I, I grew up originally over in the East Coast, so moving to Montana, it also felt like a foreign planet when I first got here. So I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, you know, when you eventually made your transition here to Missoula, um, I'm, I'm, I know for me, you know, that was quite the culture shock, just moving from a different part of Montana coming to Missoula, but I, I fell in love with this place. Uh, for you personally, like, what is one of the things that you love the most about Missoula since you've been here? Uh, boy, well, yeah, as you said, I'm not from Missoula. I, I grew up in Helena, which is a beautiful place, but I've lived all over the, uh, uh, the country and I've seen in, in a lot of different places when traveling around the country and also around the world. Uh, I don't think any of, of, of uh, any of the other places I've stayed will or uh, 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 will make the same impression on me as Missoula did when I first arrived here 10 years ago. Uh, so in Missoula, people appreciate uh, uh, local places and, and nature. Uh, we have local shopping, uh, which is promoted in our community. Uh, people shop locally uh, to contribute to the local economy. Uh, they also uh, get just uh, real product, uh, you know, uh, for their buck. Uh, and, and also the farmer's market uh, markets abound in Missoula. In the summer, we have two major uh, uh, farmer markets, uh, which both are downtown and, and the people's market. So all of the vendors are from around the area. Um, also, uh, mountains can be seen any, in any direction, no matter where you turn uh, here in Missoula. Uh, but there's also another part of Missoula that is near and dear to me, our, it's our art. Uh, so local musicians, uh, you go downtown, you find people playing music on the sidewalks and during the farmer's market. Uh, there's also First Friday for every first Friday of the month to show uh, kids, to showcase local artists. Um, and, and so, uh, oh, I mean, I must not forget about uh, the coffee. 
uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we have great coffee here in Missoula. So Missoula will always be home to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely feels like a home to me too. I've been here personally for about, you know, 11 years now. I absolutely love this community. And, you know, unfortunately, didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in the community uh, during this past year because of coronavirus, you know, and, and during that time, you know, I, like a lot of other people, I'm sure, just ended up watching lots of Netflix because, you know, that's just what you do when you're quarantined. So, you know, to that end, uh, I was wondering, you know, I actually had someone ask me this personally because they were telling me that they, uh, they found out that like Stacey Abrams really liked, you know, Star Trek and they felt like a instant connection to her. So just all, kind of on that level, uh, what are some of the favorite like TV shows or movies that you ended up watching this last year? Like, you know, when you were in the quarantine, like the rest of us. Well, uh, being in law school and also uh, getting my master's in public administration and, and running a political campaign, I, I'm left with little to none free time uh, in, in Monday. Uh, so I did not watch any TV show or movies. I, actually, I haven't had a TV in five years. I got rid of my TV five years ago when I decided. Really? That. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, it became too much for me. I, I, you know, I wanted to other things uh, that I thought was more important uh, than, than watching TV. But one of my favorite all-time, my all-time favorite movies, uh, the, the Blind Side. Oh, okay. Uh, the Blind Side, my gosh, there's just so many lessons learned there. Uh, you sort of, uh, you know, uh, some of the lessons that I took away from The Blind Side, and in a lot of ways, my story is sort of similar to uh, the character in The Blind Side, you know, being taken in by a family and, 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 and you know, being afforded opportunities to become uh, what I want to become, uh, what I wanted to become. Um, so, but some of the lessons that I, I, I took away from the blind side, you know, it was more to trust your instincts, uh, expect the unexpected, uh, but also, you know, don't let other others uh, opinions uh, bring you down. Um, and you are never fully dressed without a smile. <laughs> uh, uh, I like that. And you know, but also, you know, friends come and go, uh, but family is forever. And family to me is something that's very important. Uh, and also with a little hard work and dedication, uh, you, you can do anything you set your mind to. And that's sort of been my, my, my philosophy throughout my, my adult years. I love it. So, you know, finally, as we're wrapping up these kind of personal questions here, I have to ask you if you have like a couple of different places that you like to eat in Missoula. There's so many different places that you can choose from. Uh, so tell me, what are a couple of places that you find yourself like going to regularly in this town? Oh man. Uh, well, there's just too many places to choose, good places to choose from, uh, Desmond. Uh, uh, you know, we have, uh, uh, to name a few, uh, Market on Front, uh, I love it there. Uh, uh, Mar Bar, it's a great place, Montana Club, uh, Tamarack, Pangea, Paul's Pancake, and of course, Big Dipper. I, I mean, there's, <laughs> just, there's just so many places, Desmond, and I, it's hard to just pick two. Uh, so it, it is, it is. I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, corner you there with that one, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. All right. Well, so now, you know, we've asked you a couple of personal questions. So now, you know, I think it's, you know, important to kind of transition into the part of the episode where we talk about, you know, your campaign here. So I just want to ask you a few questions, you know, you know, primarily about like your, you know, the kind of like different pillars you have of your campaign. But before we get into that specifically, why did you decide to run for mayor and not like a, a different elected position in the local government? Right. That, that's a great question, Desmond. Uh, so I, I do see my journey to becoming Missoula mayor as a calling uh, than ambition or anything else. And I can't say it's planned. Uh, I don't know which of those definitions fit. Uh, but I, I think they're all, uh, they all might be right to a certain extent. Uh, I think, uh, 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 it might be uh, some uncertain calculus uh, that sort of leads us to, uh, uh, you know, uh, where we are. Uh, so leadership. Uh, so my, my my decision to run for ma uh, mayor uh, uh, came about seven years ago. Uh, seven years ago, I was in in college. I was playing football for the University of Montana, and um, and out of 
the blue, I decided I was going to quit playing football and, and drop out of school and go into the military. After I had that strong calling to, to someday serve, uh, serve as mayor in our community. And, and since 2013 and up to this point, uh, you know, I've, the, 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 thought, the thought of serving uh, our community as their mayor has essentially dominated my life. Uh, so again, it's not an ambition, an ambition, but it's more of a calling. And, and, and I believe that, you know, uh, 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 I think when you are called upon to do a job, you do it the best you can. And when it's over, you go away. And you just be grateful for the opportunity and that you had a chance to do it. That, that is it. Uh, so however, uh, our mayor does not appear to believe that his time is up. Uh, and uh, so my question, though, uh, that I've always thought about uh, for our mayor is what is it that he didn't accomplish in his in his 14 years as mayor that he believes that he will be able to accomplish in the next four years? Uh, so so uh, again, I think Missoulians ought to uh, avoid short sighted voting uh, in this election to have a chance to 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 influence Missoula's discourse. Uh, so my personal concern is. Uh, and, and over the years, how, uh, you know, the results of the mayoral election, uh, where the mayor has won consistently all, uh, throughout the, uh, uh, the years. So my, my concern is, is sometimes uh, I think uh, people find out through polls or uh, fingers to the wind, which uh, I suppose attention to prevailing trends, uh, where people are going and, and then they jump in front of them and call them leaders uh, and, and, and call themselves and also those folks call themselves leader. I don't think that is what leader is. I think a leader has to have some principles that they believe in that are important to them. Uh, so in order to persuade people, I think you certainly also need to have the ability to communicate to them. Uh, but you know, above all, uh, when it is not looking really good, you need some courage. Uh, I think it was as though my whole life uh, was a mere uh, preparation for this moment. Uh, so I, uh, 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 so the thing that I think uh, that is important to, to run for this position is, is, is to have courage. Uh, but I think you also need to hold, even when you are being tempted uh, by praise, uh, you need to remain firm in principle. Um, um, when you are be, uh, being beaten by criticism, uh, you need to be principled. Uh, so what gave me courage to push through my times in Liberia uh, I think there was something in me that said, no matter what I was going, what I'm going to stand, what, what was going on, I was going to stand up. And I think that leadership, perhaps first and foremost, uh, requires fortitude. And, and because of my experiences growing up and, and, and what I've taken from Liberia and my time in America, uh, uh, it's added to my, uh, uh, my, my traits to be uh, the, the better candidate for this position. Well, I appreciate that mentality, and it is no denying the fact that our current mayor has been in office for quite some time. And I definitely been on asking you about that more specifically a little bit later here. But you know, just for some background information, I know that I personally, while I try to stay involved in politics, I'm not always entirely aware of the specifics of the duties of each office. So I, I thought for maybe people like me who are listening right now, could you just explain for us really quickly? What exactly does the mayor have authority over here in Missoula? Right. So I have the city, uh, the city's charter open up here. But uh, just so our city charter states that the, the executive function of the city government shall be exercised uh, by uh, the mayor, who uh, 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 shall uh, 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 be nominated and elected on a nonpartisan basis by the electors of Missoula. So first. I want to uh, remind people that uh, the mayoral election is, is nonpartisan, uh, whether you are a Democrat or a Republican or everything far and in between. The mayoral election is nonpartisan. The mayor is supposed to uh, represent our city as a nonpartisan uh, a mayor, uh, but obviously that hasn't been the case over the years. Uh, but some duties of the mayor, uh, and reading off of the the city's chart, uh, the city's charter, uh, the mayor shall. Uh, execute all ordinance, ordinances and resolutions passed by the city council. The mayor also shall uh, execute all documents on behalf of the city following approval by the city council. The mayor ha uh, shall have the day-to-day -day responsibility of administering the affairs of the city. 
the mayor may appoint and remove uh, with the consent with the consent of the city council all department heads in accordance with law uh, so, so those are a few of the mayor uh, duties. Uh, uh, so he's essentially the, the executive officer of, of the city. And he's, again, responsible for the, responsible for the day-to-day uh, activities of the city. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that. I know that I definitely appreciate that. Uh, you know, because sometimes, you know, like, I think, you know, like in a broad sense, like what the mayor does, but having a little more specifics definitely, you know, helps. And now I want to kind of like transition a little bit to the specifics of your campaign. I noticed that when I was on your account, kind of like looking at your um, your Instagram page, you kind of have like five different, I, w- I guess I'll call them pillars of your campaign. Uh, so I kind of just was hoping that you could tell us a little bit more about each of them. Uh, so I'm just gonna go in order here from how I saw them. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit more about your ideas uh, around affordable childcare and why that's important to you? Right, so I, as a student, uh, uh, you know, I've seen my, some of my classmates uh, that have young children and, and having to balance out uh, parenting and, and, and attending law school as, uh, uh, and the struggle that uh, some of those people uh, face. Uh, and so affordable child care to me is near and dear. Uh, as, as one who uh, grew up my first part of my life in Africa with a single mother and, and knowing how much she struggled. But again, and then having friends and seeing people, uh, you know, in our community that work in two, three jobs and, and they're trying to parent, how tough that is. So I think uh, to 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 address this issue in our our, our administration, uh, so we will focus on local restrictions on child care businesses. Uh, so local restrictions on child care businesses are uh, are they are associated with significantly uh, higher costs. Uh, so uh, uh, in our administration, we will focus on removing burdensome zoning, uh, building health and, and safety regulations, uh, such as uh, restrictions on daycare in residential areas, uh, uh, which make uh, essentially make childcare more costly, but doesn't really meaningfully improve quality. So, uh, uh, so that, that's in a nutshell what we're going to focus on uh, in terms of uh, affordable childcare. Perfect. And the second thing I saw here was you were talking about job creation. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your ideas around job creation and what you plan to do to kind of stimulate that in our economy, which I know is definitely something that everyone's thinking about as you know we're kind of on the tail end here of coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, so I, our local businesses are the backbone of our economy. I've always believed this. Uh, I believe we should invest in our local businesses. Uh, but uh, currently, the issue that we're seeing is some of our local businesses are being taxed out of home, out of business. Uh, so I'm not in the business to, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, push our local businesses out of town uh, for whatever reason. So I will work closely with our local businesses and and and, and listen to their appeal and and and, and try to come up with uh, a means that that will work for them and, and our community. Uh, we want to keep people uh, uh, employed in our city, and we want to keep money in our in our economy here, in our local economy. So, uh, you know, uh, working alongside our local businesses to come up with plans that work for everyone uh, would would be uh, something that we will focus on. Absolutely. All right. And see, the third thing we have here is you have down reasonable taxes. Now I am already excited to hear more about this. So please tell me uh, what exactly your ideas are around reasonable taxes, because I think this is something that we could all kind of, um, you know, be very interested in, especially as you know, property taxes keep raising everyone's rents here in in the city. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, taxes are important. Obviously, we cities need rely on taxes to carry out their functions, uh, uh, but. Uh, taxes, the, the tax system can be abused, uh, and that's just not something that anyone can disagree about. If, if they can, then I will encourage people to look into, into the tax system. Uh, so Missoula's uh, high uh, burden of taxation is a direct result of its excessive government growth. Uh, so, uh, uh, again, I, I, I've, I've looked at the numbers. Uh, the government has increased by well over 100 uh, employees in the last uh, two to three years. Uh, so that, that's a problem. Uh, 
but I'm also for the government increasing, uh, you know, out of the, uh, if, if, as necessary. So, so as a rule, uh, uh, a fiscally conservative budget uh, means spending grows, spending grows at most the rate of economic growth. So population uh, plus inflation growth. Uh, so uh, what I've seen from my research and talking to people in our community, uh, Missoula has far outpaced uh, this measure over the last decade, uh, which has created a greater need for taxes. So uh, as mayor, I will focus on uh, spending growth consistent with the level of economic growth. Uh, so then in, in, in this sense, uh, this will align the city budget uh, with the growth of the community. Uh, so again, you shouldn't spend more than what uh, uh, you have coming in. Uh, so we want to spend less uh, uh, for more services. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I understand where you're coming from with that. Now, the next topic that you have uh, listed on your account there is mental health services. This is something I was very interested in because I personally feel as though mental health services are not funded well enough, but I kind of want to just hear what, what are your ideas on uh, improving the mental health services here in the community? Uh, that, that's another great question, Desmond. I appreciate, thank you. Uh, mental health services is something that's very near and dear to me. Uh, after spending four years in the military, in, in the Marine Corps, and getting out in 2017, uh, from 2017 up to uh, uh, last year, I've lost seven of my friends that I served with to, to, to PTSD, suicide. Uh, they took their own lives. And, and so mental health uh, to me is something so important. So uh, I'll just throw some uh, statistics at you. Uh, I just kind of give you a sense of how uh, 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 dear the situation is. Uh, according to the National uh, Alliance of uh, uh, National Alliance of Mental Health Mental Illness, so NAMI, uh, N-A-M-I, uh, approximately one in five Americans experience experiences uh, some type of mental illness each year. Uh, uh, about ten percent, uh, about ten percent experience serious mental illness that significantly interferes with one or more major life activities. Uh, so, so mental health can uh, make life unbear uh, unbearable, excuse me, uh, for people who have them. So at the same time, uh, Desmond, these problems can have a wider effect on society as a whole. Uh, but speaking more locally on our community as a whole, especially when they go untreated or treated or treatment is delayed. So as mayor, I will ensure that our friends uh, suffering from mental health issues get the help they need. Our policy uh, then will encourage uh, community partners and nonprofit service providers uh, to collaborate and come up with uh, data-driven uh, solutions that will help tackle this issue and, 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 and slow uh, the, the, the spread of, uh, I suppose, slow the, the rate of uh, uh, mental health uh, issues in our community. I love it. Thank you for you know, you know, spending time to address this issue. Particularly, I, I think it's such an important issue that needs to be addressed. You know, in, in every community, but especially in this one as well. Uh, the final thing that I see here on your account is housing affordability, which is kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to issues here in Missoula. Um, so, as far as your ideas on housing affordability, um, what does your administration plan to do to, to address this topic, which for most Missoulians is like their number one issue right now? Right, uh, and, 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 and that's, that, and, and, you know, rightfully so. Uh, so you don't have to look far to see, again, uh, our housing crisis here. Uh, I mean, the average home sales price has jumped uh, 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 exponentially over the last few years. Um, and, and, and so, uh, as a, you know, for, I think about a working family, you know, or, or, or a young family, um, you know, starting out, uh, and, 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 and having to buy a home, they can't afford it. It's, 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 the it, homes are too expensive. And, and also, uh, people that are pinching their dollars, you know, people living paycheck to paycheck, they can't afford it to, to live here, but, but yet we have people from outside that can come here and pay cash and purchase a home. That is not okay. Uh, so 
Missoula's crisis of, of affordability uh, from my research and talking to people in the community uh, really results from regulatory uh, pol uh, uh, policies that inhibit uh, uh, growth and, and restrict the supply of housing. So currently, the the scale of supply and demand, uh, the uh, you know we have more demand than supply. So what we uh, across the country, uh, across the country, we know that areas with the highest rate of homelessness are the places where it's difficult to build, uh, Desmond. Uh, so uh, uh, to change this, uh, we will focus on again uh, easing zoning and building restrictions to allow for for needed growth. Uh, obviously, we're going to take into account, you know, uh, uh, parcels that are designated as conservation lands and, and agricultural lands. We're not going to be interfering with those areas, uh, but but such as, you know, we want to reduce restrictions on minimum lot sizes, uh, parking requirements, uh, accessory dwelling uh, units, and low cost uh, housing options. Uh, so in this sense, hopefully we'll be able to tackle some of the issues. But again, that's in a nutshell, we're going to come out with a more comprehensive uh, 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 plan to address this issue. Absolutely. So, you know, as we uh, transition to, you know, questions from local Missoulians now, uh, before we do that, I want to take a quick break. And after we come back from the break, we're going to have more questions uh, you know, with Jacob Elder, stay tuned. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana, that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode, Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us for another episode of Independent Thought. We are still joined here by our guest, mayoral candidate from Missoula, Montana, Jacob Elder. Now, in the previous segment, we were asking you questions about, you know, why exactly you are running for mayor. But now I want to ask you some specific questions that were posed to me from local Missoulians. Uh, for those of you who follow me on Instagram at Independent Thought, you'll know that I asked quite a few of you recently for some questions uh, to ask our candidate here. And so I have a list of some of these questions here that I'm gonna now ask Mr. Elder. Uh, most of you will know that you asked me about his plan to address the housing crisis, which I think he just answered. So we'll just skip over that one. Uh, but you know, the, the next most asked question by some local you know, people here in the city, in the community um, is, what is your stance on reallocating funds away from the police department and investing them in other community programs? Uh, right. That's again. This is a 
this is a fighting question uh, uh, in a sense where I, I feel as though our country is split, you know, down the middle on how people on how people perceive uh, abolishing the police force or defunding the police. Uh, so I, I've received several messages from from people in our community. Uh, you know, I've received messages about you know asking to abolish the police when as mayor. I also received messages about defunding the police as mayor. And I've also received messages from, on the contrary, uh, people saying, uh, I hope you don't defund the police or abolish the police. I'm not in the business of defunding our police department uh, or, uh, or unnecessarily defunding our police department. I think abolishing the police is insanity. Uh, and I, I think I spoke to you. And so of course, the, the biggest losers, uh, if when you do uh, abolish the police or unnecessarily defund the police uh, will be low low income uh, communities uh, where uh, you already have the you know the high rising uh, crime rate uh, and, uh, and so but but also too another thing to keep in mind i think uh, the police themselves when they realize that they are that that they are politicians who will throw them to the wolves rather than uh, confront the loud uh, people that are uh, 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 screaming. Uh, uh, so when, when, when the police uh, 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 realize that politicians that, that, that don't uh, politicians don't have their back, um, as you would expect, they will pull back, and and they might not be able to do their job effectively. So uh, so reallocating funds to different programs. This isn't uh, unique to the police department only. Uh, in our local government, uh, as mayor, uh, we will do audits of the different departments. Now, if a department is overfunded uh, or, or spending unwisely, we will take uh, some of the funds and, and, and reallocate it to other departments that need the money the most. And that is not, again, uh, a target at, the, uh, uh, at our police department. Uh, if our police department uh, isn't overfunded or uh, is uh, or you know for, for any of those reasons, I'm not in the game of taking money away from the police department just because. Uh, uh, so uh, again, I I, I believe that uh, to keep our community safe, which is one of the the, the 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 duties of the city, we ought to have a a police department that is well equipped, uh, well trained, and ready to respond to crisis uh, or uh, respond to your call. So. Uh, I think as a community, we ought to think about the, 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 the unintended consequences of reallocating funds from the police department when, when not necessary. Uh, so uh, again, that's, that's where I stand. Okay. Now, I, I can understand your position on that. I, you know, personally, I just want to also say that I think that abolishing the police is also not a smart idea. <laughs> um, and, you know, the idea that you'd want to kind of audit every, you know, like a uh, department and kind of just reallocate funds, you know, as you're seeing where there's excess, that makes sense versus just targeting just one specific, you know, like program from the outset, especially when you're not even a part of the government yet, you can't see all the specific numbers. I totally understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, the next question that I have from, you know, local Missoulians is, what is your plan to help the homeless population? Right. Uh, so, so homelessness is uh, obviously it's a human issue, and it's, it's extremely complex. Uh, uh, you know, I, a lot of the cities around the country have tried to obviously decrease the homeless population, and and most have been unsuccessful. Uh, but uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, uh, has been one of the the only cities that have actually effectively decreased their homeless uh, population. Uh, although that, that population is, is, is again, increasing. Uh, so one of the things that I think about uh, and I take from the Maslow hierarchy of needs, uh, for an individual to reach their full potential, they need to have uh, certain needs met. And one of the needs is uh, to have a, a, a housing. So we cannot address a lot of the, our homeless crisis if we don't uh, uh, address uh, 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 housing affordability uh, for, for, our, for our, our people in our community. So we will come up with ways that we, we can address uh, this multifaceted, complex human issue without, uh, 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 with compassion and empathy, uh, but also with data-driven with, with data uh, 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 results. 
you know, we're 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 not just going to jump into uh, any sort of uh, uh, premature uh, uh, plans and move forward. We will uh, again look at other communities that have been affected, effective in uh, in addressing this issue, and where our policy would be uh, somewhat tailored after uh, those programs. But we care about again, we care about uh, people that are experiencing homelessness in, in Missoula and. And it's something that we we we, we will address uh, 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 when we hit the ground uh, first day in, in, in mayor office. No, that's great to hear because this is definitely an issue that is affecting so many people. So, I mean, just you know, people who are homeless, and it's also affecting people who are you know just trying to figure out what they can do to better help the homeless population. So, I think it's very important that your administration plans to address this from the very beginning. Uh, one of the next questions that we have from local Missoulians here kind of regards um, Missoula's climate policy. Uh, I think the person in particular asked in regards to um, Missoula City Council back in January of 2013 passed a resolution where they were planning to have Missoula carbon neutral uh, during this decade. So in that regard, what are your thoughts on redu reducing Missoula's like carbon emissions and would that be a priority of your administration? Yeah, I'm not against it, uh, Desmond, but one of the things that we, we often see uh, in our city government is, you know, people making decisions uh, without an action plan or without uh, accountability. Uh, so if, if, if people uh, can bring in an action plan that, in that includes merits, uh, you know, uh, uh, and how we will succeed uh, uh, in accountability, uh, I would be all about it. Uh, but we have to have accountability. We have to have an action plan that address unintended consequences. We have to have, uh, again, uh, the effectiveness uh, of the plan. And, and so if those things are adequately addressed in, in the proposal, uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be in favor of, 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 of supporting uh, uh, the plan. Uh, I just want to remind people of, of uh, you know, the plan outlines conservation and climate change strategies in three focus areas and offers uh, 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 some information on, on them. So I, again, I'm not against it, but I will rather, I would want to see that the plan has accountability, uh, unintended consequences and, 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 and metrics to get, it, to get uh, the job done. All right, I understand that completely. Uh, the next question that I have from local Missoulians here is, you know, there are a lot of uh, women in this, in this community who are concerned with uh, public safety. I know that quite a few have reached out and talked about how uh, sexual assault is still quite a huge issue in this community as it is in a lot of other places in our country. Uh, but what are your administration's plans to kind of address, you know, public safety as a whole so that more people can feel safe in this community? Sorry, can you repeat that question? The last part again, Desmond? Yeah, sorry. what are your plans uh, to kind of address public safety in this community so that more people can feel more safe in Missoula? Right. Again, uh, what I stated about uh, ensuring that our police department is well equipped and trained to address these issues. Uh, working closely with our police departments, working closely with uh, the, the, uh, the shelters in Missoula and, 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 and coming up with data-driven uh, uh, solutions to address this issue will be my focus. I think, I also think about some ways that we uh, as individuals can, can help uh, ensure that people feel safe in the community. Uh, so I always think about uh, a vulnerable po our vulnerable population and we think about uh, women in our community. Uh, uh, so, you know, when you're walking at night, uh, keep your distance away from people if they, look, if they feel uncomfortable. Don't run up behind them or, or do things uh, that are going to make them uncomfortable, but also uh, be an active bystander. Uh, you know, don't encourage, you know, people that are doing things that it shouldn't be doing and you stand there and not say anything or do anything. Uh, so I think it's all of our responsibility to ensure that we have a safe community. And so uh, being a good citizen, uh, uh, I'm helping out uh, uh, when, 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 needs, when, when needs be. Uh, uh, and, and also don't go about causing problems for anyone. But, but obviously our police department and our, our, our social programs and, 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 and 
and, and, and community activists are working with those folks to ensure, come up with a plan that will keep our community safe. All right. Well, thank you for addressing that. I know that a lot of people are definitely concerned about that issue. And the final question that I have is actually my personal question, because uh, I'm also a citizen of Missoula. Uh, but do you plan to implement term limits for the mayor's office when you, uh, if you were to be elected? I am highly interested in your answer here because, you know, our current mayor has been in office for a long time. And I did not know until recently that that is one of the reasons for that is because the mayor's office currently does not have any term limits, which I think is horrendous. But I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so uh, there, uh, uh, Desmond, there, uh, uh, you know, there's obviously uh, uh, a variety of arguments for term limits and, and, and um, uh, the pros and cons of term limits. I am again, I'm, I'm all for term limits, uh, not against, but for it. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, term, uh, you know, term limits restricts uh, the service. Uh, well, 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 let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, 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 so restricting the, 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 the service of lawmakers, uh, you know, after a certain time in office prevents politicians from amassing too much power. And, and that's just the case when you have one guy who's been mayor for six, for close to 16 years, he amassed too much power and he created, uh, he creates these little, uh, uh, groups that, that are sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, diehard supporters that will be willing to do anything to cover up for their, uh, guy in power. Uh, and, you know, but also, uh, when you have a, a mayor who's been in office for about 16 years, he becomes uh, a sort of distant from his constituents. Uh, doesn't, you know, and, and but also, I think most importantly, becomes complacent. Uh, in the military, uh, in a marine, in the military, we have we had a term. We have a term called uh, uh, the fog of war. And what the fog of war is, after you've been in combat for X amount of uh, uh, hours or days. You start to become complacent, and complacency kills. Uh, when it's necessary, you should retreat and let the next person in line uh, uh, take over, uh, or perhaps uh, pass on the baton to the next person who, uh, with first perspectives, um, that is energetic, that it has a vision to move the city to the to uh, to the next uh, phase uh, in our in, in life. Uh, so. Again, term, lim term limits are, I believe, are very important and it's something that I'm open to. Okay, great. So, you know, that is all the questions we have now from local Missoulians. Uh, thank you for taking the time to answer all of those. Uh, as we're transitioning into this kind of like final part of, you know, the episode here, one of the questions that I'm always interested in whenever I'm listening to uh, an interview with a political candidate uh, is where the candidate kind of contrasts themselves from who they're running against. And so to that effect, that's the question I have for you now. So in contrasting yourself with our current mayor, uh, how does Missoula look different under your administration than the current one? Uh, well, uh, I believe that Inc., uh, Mayor Ingen and I uh, don't share much in common. Uh, first, my life started back in a war-torn country in Africa, uh, and then I got sort of ejected out of that and 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 placed in Helena, Montana. Uh, so I got to see a different culture growing up in Africa. Got to see uh, uh, what it's like to live in a place where uh, you uh, people lack opportunities and 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 even their fundamental rights. Uh, I got to see people living at their lowest. I mean, I, I told you, I, I stated earlier that I, you know, I spent a good number of my, the first part of my childhood living under a stairwell in a soccer stadium. So living uh, essentially homeless and poor. Uh, so that, that experience tailored with my experience growing up in Helena and my experience in the military and traveling overseas and interacting with different cultures uh, enabled me to have a wide uh, range of perspectives on, on society and on life as we see it. Uh, so, so in that sense, uh, uh, that sort of contrasts me from the mayor. Uh, but also, I am an, I'm an 
empiricist, uh, which means I examine the facts before making a diagnosis, diagnosis and, and, and then hopefully recommending a treatment for the perceived problem. Uh, then I give you a prognosis, and, uh, uh, and so that's sort of how I go about making decisions. I'm not as concerned, if at all, about how uh, people view or the consequences of my statement in terms of contemporary politics. So uh, 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 also, I may be a contrarian uh, uh, in a sense that I gravitate towards places that are unpopular or plagued by false knowledge or myths. Uh, because it intrigues me uh, to see if you know if the common belief if it is real uh, or it's true, uh, and I always also uh, discover that it isn't. Uh, I don't make friends or enemies based on tribal uh, loyalty or public opinion. One of the reasons that I'm pushing that that people vote on uh, uh, nonpartisan in this in this election, um, I'm reminded of a quote though uh, that by uh, Thomas Sowell. Uh, 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 longtime uh, uh, economist, uh, and he said, uh, states that it takes considerable knowledge just to realize the extent of your own ignorance. So it's pretty profound. Uh, uh, so Mayor Engin's administration uh, is best described as a garbage can model. Um, and, and that's in public administration uh, in in raining, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a from raining uh, in public administration. That, so what that means is organizations operate in a garbage can model. Uh, organizations operate on the basis of in inconsistent and ill-defined uh, uh, preferences. Uh, so their own processes are not understood by their member. Uh, they operate by trial and error. Uh, so their boundaries are uncertain and changing. Decisions makers uh, for any particular choice change uh, uh, capriciously. So. So what we've seen in, in our local government has been the garbage can model. There's no accountability. And Engin, Engin doesn't seem to care about accountability. Uh, uh, I care about accountability. I care about transparency. I care about being honest. I care about being truthful. I care about telling it as it is. So my, my style is pretty much low key, uh, Desmond. I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I, I, I don't mean uh, by any means dietary wise, <laughs> uh, or else I'll be overweight, extremely overweight. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm straightforward, uh, uh, Desmond. You know, some people tend to be, uh, you know, very flamboyant or, or uh, into uh, different ways of, of leading. Uh, I don't pretend to be that kind of person. Uh, what you see is what you get. I'm straightforward. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Uh, I, I'm not going to play games with you. And, and I do believe that it's critical uh, as, a, as a mayor to have credibility. Uh, so, uh, so again, uh, Mayor Engin and I, I don't believe we have a whole lot in common, uh, if at all, uh, anything in common. So that's what I bring to the table. I bring honesty, I bring transparency, I bring accountability, and I and I bring uh, 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 deeply caring about my constituents uh, to make decisions that are going to positively impact their lives. All right. You know, thank you for, for giving us that. I, I think too often, you know, like when we're having to choose between two different candidates, I, we don't often hear enough about like what it is that you're going to do that's different than it's being done currently. So I appreciate you taking the time to kind of contrast a little bit here, but I want to go a little bit deeper now, you know, as far as, you know, like your administration, like what is it that you're going to focus on that you feel like the current mayor's administration is not focusing on at all or not well enough? Like, where do you think that the current mayor is failing at that you plan to, you know, rather, you know, actually address it more effectively? Right. As I said, uh, again, I, I believe the mayor has become complacent after the, uh, uh, almost 16 years as mayor, uh, you know. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed in our community is uh, sort of the, the divide in our community. Uh, and so my, my goal is, you know, is, is to bring our community together, bring people together, get people talking to each other and figuring out that, look, you know, we have more things in common than not. Uh, but also, again, uh, uh, focusing on the problems at hand, uh, 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 responding to those problems uh, effectively and competently and, and, and and, and so I, 
you know, I'll give Mayor Engin some credit. He's done some good things for our community. But at this point, we're in different times. It's time to pass on the baton to the next person in line. And, 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 and I was called to be that next person. And, and, and hopefully uh, 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 my constituents will see that and, and, and hopefully I'll get their vote. Okay. And the final question that I have here is, you know, what do you think will happen to Missoula if John Engen gets reelected? Right. Uh, so I, I can't predict the future of Desmond, uh, but I think one of the things that we should be concerned about if Mayor Engen gets elected, uh, uh, you're going to have a lack of uh, intellectual honesty. Uh, you're going to have a lack of a lack of decisions that are based on relevant data uh, uh, and following the facts to their logical conclusion. Uh, and even that that conclusion turns out to be unpopular. But but secondly, the the, the importance of, uh, uh, of of not electing Ingen again is that you know the, the issues our homeless crisis, the issues we, we see in homelessness, uh, in housing affordability, in affordable taxes. Ingen has uh, increased taxes since he's been in office. He said he would, and he's done just so. And, and so all those things that we will ex we can expect if we elect Ingen again, uh, it's just uh, it's time for a new leadership and, and I'm ready to lead our city in, in a prosperous direction. Okay. I love it. I mean, I, I obviously speak for myself here currently, but I definitely feel as though our city could use a different direction. As somebody who's lived here for 11 years now, I definitely think that Missoula could use a different administration. So thank you for taking the time to answer all of these questions so far. And, you know, before I get you out of here, I just wanted to ask you a couple just kind of like wrap up questions. And, you know, this next question is, is a question that I, I spoke to you about previously. I, uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to ask you or not, because the question is something that, you know, I, I'm just, it made me slightly uncomfortable to ask you, but, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> Fire the wind, Desmond. Yeah. How do you feel about potentially being the first black person to be the mayor of Missoula? Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't think in those terms. Uh, I really don't. Uh, however, uh, I tend to focus on what we have in common. So uh, what we have in common is what transcends race. Um, and, and that's a uh, you know, it's that we all desire to be loved. We all desire to have our needs met. We all desire to feel safe in our communities. We all desire to prosper. Uh, and those are the things that we have in common. So uh, I think race, race to me will, will, will uh, again, will, will transcend everything that we, we know uh, 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 at this moment in history. So my 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 thought is never about uh, being the first black man to be, become mayor. Uh, my thought is be, uh, being the first person, uh, being the, the the guy that will uh, change Missoula's discourse for the better. I love it. I, you know, and and again, I I almost didn't ask you that question because I feel like race, you know, like while it's an important issue, it's an issue that. You know, as someone who's also a person of color, I mean, I get annoyed how often it is a part of our everyday dialogue. You know, it just, it, it feels like I don't want to be reminded that, you know, I'm black every single, you know, like minute of the day, but I feel like our current politics wants to do just that. So, right. uh, but, but thank you for, for, you know, kind of expanding your thoughts on that. The last question I have for you for today is if you are elected, what kind of legacy do you want to leave from being the mayor of Missoula? Mm. Uh, well, I think uh, I think that uh, thinking about legacy is thinking too highly of yourself. Uh, so I think it's it's about the job, Desmond. Uh, the decisions that you make, and you try to make sure that you do it right. You do your job. Just do it competently, and when your time is up. You go away, uh, uh, you know, and let the uh, uh, you know history will speak for itself. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, into thinking about legacy or or those things. I do want to inspire uh, the next generations of generations of leaders in Missoula, uh, and to to ensure that our community will stay on the path that 
that would be uh, that would create opportunities for 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 others to come. And eventually, Desmond, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I will start a family here in in, in Missoula. I, I, my kids will grow up here. This is home, um, and I will hope that they will have uh, they will live in a, a society that they will have opportunities to pursue their goals and the American dream. And, uh, and so uh, those, those are the things that I care about as opposed to uh, 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 legacy. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Jacob. I, you know, as we're closing out this episode, could you just let everyone know like how they can follow along with your campaign online, like uh, maybe your website, where they can follow you on social media, tell everyone where we can keep up with you during the rest of your campaign here. Yeah, uh, so you can follow us on Instagram at Jacob Elder from Missoula Mayor. Uh, on Facebook, again, uh, Jacob Elder from Missoula Mayor. Uh, uh, but actually, Instagram is Elder4MT. So Elder F O R M T. And for Facebook, it would just be Jacob Elder from Missoula Mayor. Um, and also, uh, please, please, you know, Mayor Engen has had 16, almost 16 years of publicity. He's got the you know, he's got his powerful friends, he's got uh, connections. Uh, and, and so he, you know, he's been in the media for 16 years, but we're, we will need exposure for us to beat uh, Mayor Ingen. So the only way we can do that is if, by you donating, uh, by grassroots support, by you donating, uh, say $10, $20, $50, and upwards of $180, that's, that's, the, that's the max. Uh, uh, to donate, uh, if you follow us on Instagram or on, on Facebook, you'll see that we, our website website link is on there. Uh, uh, please donate however much you can. Uh, it, will, uh, will, it will help boost our campaign to win this race. Um, I, again, I thank you for your support and your encouragement. Uh, without you, uh, we, none of this would be po possible. So please uh, 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 trust the process and, and keep following us. Uh, I can assure you that I'm working tooth and nail to ensure that we have new leadership uh, come September. Uh, the primaries in September, the general election is in October, uh, November of this year, 2021. So please continue to follow us, spread the message and, and donate. All right. And if you are listening to this episode right now, you can scroll up into the episode notes. I will have all the links that were just mentioned in the episode notes. So make sure that you can scroll up to see those links. Uh, and if you are a resident here in Missoula, please share this episode on your social media with your friends. Uh, just if you like this episode, if you were, if you are somebody who is going to vote in this election, please share this episode so that more people in the community can hear this conversation. And don't forget to register to vote. I want to thank Jacob Elder for coming on to the podcast. Uh, it's very much appreciated. Hope to have you back on again in the future. We are going to take our final break of the episode and I'll be right back with my final thoughts. Stay tuned. Welcome back from our final break of today's episode. Thank you for everyone who stuck with and listened to the entire episode. I first want to thank my guest, Jacob Elder, for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for coming on and talking about your platform and your vision for Missoula. As a Missoulian, I was very, you know, like happy to have you on. You're welcome to come on again in the future. And, you know, for everyone out there who listened to this episode, despite the fact that you don't live in Montana, I want to appreciate, you know, like that time that you took as well. Thank you so much. Uh, these aren't your local politics, but I do believe that being invested in local politics is the most important thing that we can do as far as being engaged in politics is concerned. Uh, local politics affect us the most, in my opinion. With that being said, I also want to thank our sponsor for this week, Bathing Beauties Beads. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. If you did not, please go check out our ad in between the first and second segment to listen to that great commercial that was done by our voice actress, Jasmine Sherman. Thank you so much for creating that commercial for us. I also want to thank the patrons, all 23 members of my Patreon. You guys are amazing. I'm almost at my goal of having 30. I will soon be getting new audio equipment for those of you who keep messaging me about how my audio is not good enough. New audio equipment is coming. And finally, thank you to all the subscribers, the 
people who tune in each and every week, who DM me each and every week. Uh, if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Independent Thought. Those are the places that are the best ways to keep up with me and the podcast. I should have daily updates on Instagram, so feel free to follow me on Instagram. Now, the next episode that will be coming out next week will be another locally based episode. I'll be interviewing Daniel Carlino, who's running for city council out of Ward 3 here in Missoula. So make sure that you're subscribed so that you see that, well, see, hear that episode as well. And there will be some more bonus content on the horizon. So make sure that you are subscribed to hear these bonus episodes as they pop up. I was supposed to have one this past week. It didn't quite get finished on time, but it will be coming very shortly. And finally, make sure that if you are, you know, especially if you're living in the Missoula area, uh, please make sure that your registration is up to date. Make sure you are registered to vote. Uh, sometimes, you know, these things can lapse for reasons that, you know, well, they can just, they can just happen. So make sure that you are uh, registered to vote. I put a link down in the episode notes, uh, vote.org. I think that's a great resource for checking your registration and registering through any state if you need to. So click that link if you need to check on your registration, if you're not sure whether or not you are registered. So to everyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Independent Thought. If this was your first time, please feel free to hit that subscribe button. For everyone, I will see you in the next episode.